The views and opinions of the EDGE podcast do not necessarily represent those of Education USA, U.S. Department of State, or the U.S. government. Welcome to The Edge, the Education USA Global Exchange Podcast, broadcasting from the central nervous system of our global network, Washington, D.C. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Edge. In this episode, we will be discussing the Western Hemisphere Regional Forum happening in San Jose, Costa Rica from November 9th to the 11th of this year. With us today, we have the three Regional Education Advising Coordinators, or REACs, for the Western Hemisphere. Maria Mercedes Salmon is the REAC for North America, Central America, and the Caribbean. Ana Villavicencio is the REAC for South America's Andean region and Rita Morricone is the REACT for South America Southern Cone. Thank you all for being here. I know you have so much you're excited to share with our listeners about your region and the upcoming forum. Now, in our previous episode on the Europe and Eurasia Regional Forum, we spoke in detail about exactly what a regional forum is, how often they're held, and the goals and advantages that they have compared to our annual DC Forum. We mentioned that while DC gives you the 30,000 foot view at regional forums, it is more possible to think about recruitment strategies on a regional or even country level and to work with our Education USA advisors in attendance to begin to understand the nuances and opportunities in their localities. Riax, I'm wondering if you could speak to this specifically in the Western Hemisphere. What can our listeners expect to see at the regional forum that will make this conference particularly unique and beneficial to them? Maria Mercedes, why don't we start with you? Thank you, Sonia. Hello, everyone. It's great to, to be sharing with you some of the details of our upcoming regional event in San Jose. And to answer your question specifically, Sonia, what are some of the, the uniqueness of having a regional event? First of all, the access to a comprehensive portfolio, if you will, of contacts that you will make during this event, because we are expecting to bring at least one advisor, our hope is more, of course, from each of the countries where we have Education USA advising at the moment. So direct access to advisors from countries and cities, locations that you may not be able to reach through your travel and your recruitment efforts, or maybe even you know, access to information from places that you didn't think would be good fits for you and your institution, you'll have an opportunity to connect and learn more from them. So a diverse audience, if you will, of contacts, advisors, and getting more specific knowledge, in-depth details about these other locations that you may have never considered before, but because you are there and you will have plenty of opportunities to network with all of our advisors, you will learn about. And so maybe the next time that you come to, let's say, Bolivia, you are not only thinking about coming to La Paz, which is, of course, the capital city, but you may think about engaging with advisors in other locations in the country where there is Education USA and explore the opportunities that exist there. Also, we hope that by engaging with our advisors and other stakeholders that will be participating in the event, 
you will have access to rethink your recruitment or internationalization strategies. Um, most of the times you're thinking, we want to come to the region. Our main role, our main hat is to be recruiting students the traditional way. Maybe having an event, a webinar, a presentation, participating in a fair. But what about the more non-traditional ways in which you can also recruit students? So thinking about meeting with potential partners to establish, let's say, a short-term short exchange agreement, or maybe even have a connection with local government and their scholarship divisions and explore how you could also host students from that government program, sponsored students on your campus. So we are hoping that by organizing this regional opportunity, you will have better knowledge and increase your awareness of what are the very specific and unique opportunities in a more comprehensive way, as opposed to attending a more international conference or even the DC Forum, where we each are allowed to invite two or three advisors. So only two or three of our countries are represented at this event. So you won't really have a comprehensive overview of what is happening out there. That's kind of where we see the biggest advantage of hosting these uh, regional forums every three years out, out here in the region. Although for us, because of COVID, <laughs> it has been more like five years since the last time we had one of these events. Yeah, that all sounds fantastic. Ana, do you have anything to add? Well, I think Maria Mercedes gave a very complete description of, of what the regional forum could give somebody uh, a participant. But I would add as well that the conference will have different tracks. So there is opportunity for the higher education community to present to advisors on different topics and help us train advisors. And this is a very unique opportunity to engage in a different way with advisors and for those uh, institutions to convey messages that they wish to convey about their institutions to advisors. So it's also a little bit of indirectly explaining to a bunch of advisors what benefits that specific institution, what opportunities it offers, while at the same time helping us train those advisors. Yeah, that also sounds fantastic. And Rita, do you have an example about a benefit from a regional forum that you'd like to share? Sure. You know, Maria Mercedes gave you a comprehensive answer, but I'm going to answer a little bit on the southern cone. Those are the countries that I oversee, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Paraguay, and Uruguay. So for instance, you know, if you are uh, connecting with our advisors in the southern cone, and it happens to be advisors from a country that has uh, the foreign government scholarships, like Maria Mercedes just mentioned, in my case, I have Chile and Paraguay. By interacting with these advisors in these two countries, you can find out, you know, the intricacies of these scholarships, how to target those students, you know, in the case of Chile graduate students, how to advertise your programs, you know, to these prospective scholarship holders to apply for your schools or universities. Also, you know, interacting with the advisor in major cities, you know, as well as advisors in let's say the middle of the Amazon or even in smaller places. So 
for instance, in um, Goiânia, Goiás, in Brazil, there's a peak of agribusiness opportunities. You know, many families that are on agribusiness are selling the crops on dollars. And that in itself gives them a status that they can afford sending their children to undergraduate studies abroad. And so as they are looking for these opportunities to study abroad, and you know about this particular place, it would be great to talk to that advisor and look at these niches and see how you can connect directly, maybe adding, you know, visits to these places when you come to visit in our region, right? Putting your face there to the advisor so they have a, a face to a name, right? And don't forget, we're Latin America. We're all about word of mouth and faces to name. I think it will really enhance your presence at our Education Safe Forum, and it will enable you to find these niches and interact and plan your strategies in our regions. And I just want to add, the regional forums are also a great opportunity for higher education institutions to network with other higher education institution colleagues who have the same focus in mind and have the same expertise or are wanting to develop the same regional expertise. It is also a great opportunity to find a mentor or to find a mentee if you're looking for a mentee and also, you know, friends who you can collaborate on, for example, you know, if you're thinking about traveling in a small group setting and visiting specific countries within the region, then you can find those colleagues that would have some previous experience or at least share the same interests as you and you may find, you know, you'll discover new friendships. That all sounds fantastic. It sounds like there are a lot of different advantages to the regional forum compared to the DC forum that the two really work to complement one another. Um, Marie Mercedes mentioned stakeholders that HEIs will be able to connect with at the forum, which leads me to another question. Rita, who can registrants expect to network with at the Western Hemisphere Regional Forum? So we are estimating to have more than 100 Education USA advisors for the Western Hemisphere in our forum. Not only the advisors that you're used to meeting when you come to visit in major cities in our countries, but also the advisors that could be in the middle of the Amazon, you know, and organizing cohort advising groups, you know, and niches that you can reach out to. So from all WHA, you know, you're going from Patagonia to the Amazon all the way to Canada, right? And it will be an asset for you to keep the contacts with these advisors, develop other strategies that you never thought about to recruit students. Our region, you know, has a lot of recruiting strategies that involves institutional partnerships. Partnering sometimes even with host institutions for Education USA can be a way for you to recruit students and we're going to give you lots of examples on that. It's about meeting the advisors. It's about meeting each other, talking also to recruiters that can give you good hints, befriending people. I mean, WHA is very friendly, very talkative, as you can see from the three reacts here. And we love to understand your needs so that we can help you better. And that is a cozy environment, advisors and higher education institution representatives talking on a daily basis, going to lunch, doing fun things on a daily basis and getting to know each other much more closely. 
Yeah, and Rita mentioned the wide geographical range of this region, and we know there are a number of big centers in the region and a lot of interest in U.S. higher education and so many opportunities for U.S. higher education representatives. So, Anna, how did you all decide on Costa Rica as the best place for this year's regional forum? Well, it wasn't a, an easy decision because obviously, as you mentioned, there's so many different options and areas to think about and choose from. But part of the conversation that we have whenever we're planning these regional events is to try to rotate within sub-region. The last regional forum that took place in 2017 was in Rita's region, in Argentina specifically. And so for this one, we wanted to go to a different sub-region and we decided to go to Maria Mercedes's region. And then obviously within her region, we have to consider a lot of different factors, a lot of them also just logistically, because we are bringing advisors from all over the region. And as the region is diverse, so is entry requirements and travel arrangements for a lot of these advisors. So we want to make sure that it's easy to get to and also easy to get to for the higher ed community, of course. And so Costa Rica offered you know, a very friendly situation in that sense. And obviously, it's a country that attracts a lot of interest from higher education institutions. So we thought it was a perfect match. Who knows, maybe in three years, we will be hosting it in my region. So look out for that. <laughs> yeah. And Maria Mercedes, since this is your region, what can you share with our listeners about Costa Rica and recruitment there? What are students most interested in? What opportunities are available for them? And how can our higher education representatives connect with them. Well, you know, mainly Costa Rica is better known by everyone for its natural resources, right? You know, it's the top receiving country in all of the Western Hemisphere of U.S. students. You know, a lot of research, a lot of faculty-led programs coming there to specifically take advantage of the natural resources. But actually, Costa Rica in general, as a country and as a national strategy, has been positioning themselves as a sustainable productivity hub for the entire Americas. And so with this theme, of course, we see interest from students pursuing degrees in STEM fields. And also, surprisingly, we do see high interest from students from Costa Rica to pursue degrees in education. And this is at the undergraduate level, at the graduate level. In STEM, we see all sorts of fields of study and fields of interest from the students. And in education, we also see high interest in teaching English as a foreign language. So for example, several of our opportunity funds cohorts, the most recent ones that we've had, mainly we've seen students wanting to pursue master's degree or doctoral degrees in engineering. And specifically within engineering, we've had a lot of interest in biomedical chemical. We also see a lot of interest in mechanical engineering. And then, as I was saying, in education, we've seen a lot of interest in teaching English as a second language, but also we even have one of our Opportunity Fund students this year who's interested in pursuing a library science degree. 
States. So this aligns with the national strategy for Costa Rica. And then with that, and with Costa Rica being a destination for foreign investment, mainly focusing on manufacturing and services industries, we see a high need for more vocational and technical training. Therefore, we see a growing trend and local support from NGOs and the private sector to support more Costa Ricans to go abroad and get two-year degrees that then they can bring back to the country and they can use to take on some of those recently created job opportunities um, that are available to them in country. And therefore, you know, the idea is to strengthen the economy with all different types of degrees and levels of education and therefore, you know, the professional workers. Costa Rica is a country that invests approximately 7% of their national budget in education. The highest mean score for TOEFL students, at least in my sub-region, is from Costa Rica. And when we look at mean scores for GREs, also the highest scores come from Costa Rica. And so that gives you an indication of the level of education that these students are already receiving in country. Just to share a couple more examples with you, Costa Rica is one of those countries in the Western Hemisphere, and there are many others that offer IB curriculum to national schools. And so again, you know, that is an investment that the local government is doing to increase the quality of education of their own students. So you can think about, you know, all of these things and get ready and prepare to have conversations before you travel. The international schools follow the U.S. calendar system, and therefore you'll have an opportunity to arrange independent visits to some of these schools. And if any of you are interested in joining a group of U.S. higher education institutions who are participating in our forum, I know that they are organizing their own tours directly to visit some of these high schools. So we'll be more than happy to connect all of those interested and at least meet with the counselors there. Of course, there's so much to learn about Costa Rica that we can't cover it all now, but it really sounds like being on the ground in Costa Rica will be a special experience that will allow higher education representatives to get a deeper understanding of recruitment in the country and the region in general. We're going to take a break right here, and we will be back to speak about the structure of this forum, some recent trends in the region, and how you can make your trip to Central America even more impactful. Hello Edge listeners, my name is Samantha Jackson and I'm a country coordinator in Australia. Just a shout out that Australia is a consistent supplier of students to US institutions. Yes, we are a long way away, but please connect with our Education USA Australia offices and we'll help with your recruitment goals and you can help us with information sharing. When you engage with students from our region, we encourage you to also share the podcast series Graduate in the USA there to help you and your officers get Australians on your campuses. From Education USA Australia, thanks everyone. G'day and reach out to us.
All right, everyone, welcome back to The Edge. Before the break, we were getting into what there is to learn about Costa Rica and the region in general. One other piece of the regional forums that differentiate them from the forum in DC is the morning plenaries. Rita, could you tell us a little bit about these morning plenaries, who our listeners should expect to hear from, and what types of topics are usually covered? The plenaries are the must-have sessions, you know, that you need to go. Uh, the plenaries involve the three tracks that we want to reach in this conference. We have a track for advisors, a track for high education institutions, and a third track that involves both and collaboration among them. So using these plenaries, you know, we invite speakers that will talk about the educational arena, the economic and political arena, as well as topics related to the country of origin, you know, like Maria Mercedes so well described, you know, with Costa Rica, and also topics related to our whole WHA, Western Hemisphere. And we try to set the tone, you know, for the conference. This is a little bit of an overall of the plenaries, but I'm going to invite Maria Mercedes to be more specific and talk about what we have planned for Costa Rica. Maria Mercedes? Thank you, Rita. Yes, I would like to just go a little bit deeper and on something you just mentioned in terms of what are those themes and those topics that are relevant in terms of trends in the entire Western Hemisphere and also what makes Costa Rica a good example of what we can see. But these are trends that are happening not just there, but in other countries. And in this case, we chose STEM as one of uh, the focuses that we wanted to have for this conference. And the other one was specifically workforce development, going with skills development for the entire Western Hemisphere. I mentioned earlier about some of the national strategies that Costa Rica has as a government, but I didn't mention that Costa Rica is a free trade zone regime. And uh, therefore, this means that they welcome foreign investment and they offer specific benefits such as some tax exemptions and other ideal conditions and benefits to establish a business, a foreign business in Costa Rica. There are a lot of industry parks that are set up in Costa Rica that are requiring more trained and skilled workers. And so that, again, you know, goes in line with this trend. But more importantly, what we wanted to allow was to have an opportunity for U.S. higher education institutions to explore how they can contribute to these efforts, right? These economic development efforts that Rita was mentioning, right, in terms of the impact. We wanted to complement the sessions that Rita had described earlier that are going to be co-presented between advisors and higher education institution representatives with experts that are going to come and provide plenaries for the entire group. So we have reached out to the Minister of Education to invite her to do a plenary for us. She is a U.S. alumna. And therefore, she can speak about her own experience, but also speak about her own um, priorities in terms of education. 
in Costa Rica. And so we're hoping that she's going to be able to deliver and share with us some of what she's thinking, where she's going to be taking the country with her policy. And then we have reached out also to industry leaders and organizations that focus on creating resources and strengthening the environment in which this foreign investment can take place. And so with that, we'll have experts coming and sharing, focusing, of course, on education as that main tool to reach those goals that have been set for the country. Also, we'll have an expert coming and speaking about STEM and opportunities, not just within Costa Rica, but as a region. And last but not least, we also will have a soothing plenary, which will focus on wellness, because it's very important. We're all very busy out here working. Our advisors are working really hard to support students and our higher education institution colleagues are working very hard to get those students to come on campus. And we often forget about taking care of ourselves and how to manage all of these workload emotions especially at these times. And so we hope that you all enjoy the plenaries that have been designed to complement this event. Thank you both. Yeah, with the smaller size of this conference compared to the DC Forum, it sounds like these morning plenaries will be less like a keynote address and will give higher education representatives more of an opportunity to hear from and start a dialogue with individuals who have a lot of expertise in the region. And you all have been doing this work for a long time, seen regional forums, annual forums, fairs, and everything else in between. What have you guys seen change? What has stayed the same? And what do you think the most important trends or phenomena you're seeing right now are? Why don't we start with Anna? It's a very broad question in a way. So when I'm thinking generally of what we've seen as changes, I would say the virtual world. Like thinking back when we did this regional forum in Argentina, we definitely, you know, addressed social media and we addressed best practices in doing virtual work because obviously Education USA has always been doing this. But I think with the pandemic, this accelerated into us having uh, put a lot more importance and emphasis in what we're doing virtually and how we're communicating with social media and becoming a lot more sophisticated in the type of programming that we're offering. And this is true for WHA in general. All advisors devote a lot of time to this. But at the same time, now that things are opening up, we're going back to our in-person uh, connections and activities. So I think a lot of this right now, uh, the trend that we're seeing is keeping that virtual going to serve a certain, you know, aspect of our stakeholders, students and higher education community, but also making sure that we are continuing with in-person activities, again, serving another segment of students and also higher ed that's coming to our countries. So as you can imagine, this is a challenge and I'm sure it's a challenge that happens in other industries and other areas of our international education world. But for us at Education USA, it's definitely where we're focusing uh, a lot of our training, where we're going. Uh, you know, from 2022 on. Thank you, Anna. And Rita, in your years as a React, what have you seen change? Thank you, Sonia. So over the years, I remember vividly, you know, how our foreign change, you know, it used to be a South America Education USA forum in 2006 to give you a perspective in history, right? And at that time, you know, we were thinking of a forum as a way of training Education USA advisors, right? We did have some participation of US higher education institutions, 
but very few. And now, you know, we're including a much more comprehensive forum. And the forum, as I said, started as a way to give professional development to advisors. But now we changed the focus also to give U.S. higher education institutions a platform to interact face-to-face -face with these advisors, you know, and, and on a more person-to-person -person level. As Anna Maria Mercedes, you know, pointed out, there are so many different ways of recruitment in our region, public-private partnerships, workforce development, industry, and you will get to know all these intricacies of recruitment in WHA. There are many Education USA offices that are inside universities in this region, and they can be an asset, you know, for you looking for these institutional partnerships as a means of recruiting. There are myriad of opportunities, you know, that will open to you during our forum. We want to welcome you with open arms. Thank you both. Of course, this is only the beginning of the wisdom you and all of the advisors have to share with the education community that joins us in Costa Rica. I know many of them are wondering if there are any opportunities to extend their visits to the region. Anna, is there anything else happening either before or after the forum that they can add on to have an even more comprehensive visit? Yes. In general, I would just add that if you're planning on traveling before or after, you can always reach out to a specific country that you have in mind or one of us, the REACTS, to talk about what countries we would recommend. And, you know, we don't have to be organizing something for you to just join, come to the countries. Advisors can help you out, but we do ask you to let us know as soon as possible so that we can better help you because definitely after the regional forum is International Education Week, so advisors will be planning some activities. So if you let us know ahead of time, we might even include you in those activities. Uh, but in my in my countries, in the Andean region, we're organizing a small fair in Bogota, in Colombia, and this will be November 3rd, so several days before the regional forum. It will be at our center. It's large enough that we will welcome around 20 U.S. universities and bring students both for undergraduate, graduate, short-term programs, you know, that they're interested in those kind of programs. And we will also do a high school visit in, in Bogota. The idea of having a November 3rd is to give you enough space if you want to hit other cities in Colombia, hit other countries in the region. And so with that in mind, I will pass the microphone to Maria Mercedes. Thank you, Anna. In the North America, Central America, and Caribbean region, we are trying to design what hybrid advising looks like moving on from just the virtuality that we've been until very recently still operating under. And therefore, our annual Trinidad and Tobago event, which many of you may already be familiar with, because this was an annual fair in part partnership with the High Commission of Canada. And so we are very excited to announce that the first in-person fair for this sub-region in the Western Hemisphere will take place in Trinidad and Tobago, November 5th and 6th. As you know, this event normally takes place on a Saturday and a Sunday. So it's a two-day affair. For those of you who may be interested, we will have, of course, this year a smaller group for our event. I think our capacity will be 
30 U.S. higher education institutions, and we do expect to see between 4,000 and 5,000 students in the in the gap of the two days. I will tell you, Sonia, that right before the pandemic, I was able to participate in the Trinidad and Tobago College Fair in 2019, and we saw 8,800 students come through in the lapse of two days at that event. As Anna mentioned, another opportunity for you to be out here in the region, reconnect, and end with our very nice Western Hemisphere Forum in San Jose, Costa Rica. And we chose this country strategically as well, because we think that travel from Colombia to Costa Rica should be fairly easy, and also travel from Trinidad and Tobago should be fairly easy to San Jose. So we hope that you can join and consider those events as well. Wow, those both sound like great opportunities to get your feet back on the ground in the region and to connect with a great number of students. Thank you all so much, Ana, Rita, and Marie Mercedes, for speaking with us and for sharing some of your knowledge with our listeners. I can only imagine all that there is to be learned at a three-day in-person conference. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you would like to register for the Western Hemisphere Regional Forum, you can find us by going to educationusa.state.gov, click Find an Event, and search for Costa Rica. Until next time. The views and opinions of the EDGE podcast do not necessarily represent those of Education USA, U.S. Department of State or the U.S. government.